And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as even about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born by four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he saith unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And there were certain scribes sitting there, and they would begin to reason within their hearts. Why did this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it be easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, <clears throat> take up the bed, and walk. But when they, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up your bed, and go thy way into thine own house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that there were, they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and this is what they said. We've never seen it in such a fashion as this before. Brother Dean, would you lead us in prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. Jesus Christ, truly God, truly a son of man, born in Bethlehem. We understand six miles south of Jerusalem. When you look at the map and you figure it out, eight days later, he was taken to the temple and, um, and was circumcised and given the name Jesus, simply meaning Savior. And when Jesus was 12, they traveled to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And there he got separated from his mother and Joseph. And when they found him, he was in the temple, he said, he was talking to uh, doctors of the word. And they were simply amazed at the things that he was having to say. They couldn't believe. Well, you fast forward some 18 years later and you find that Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by, the, by John the Baptist. And after that, he was called out into the wilderness and confronted with Satan with all the power that Satan had, he threw at him. And all Jesus did was quote scripture. The devil can't stand scripture. He can't stand the sight of the blood of Jesus. And so the Bible says that he left him and angels came and ministered unto the Lord. God's in control. Whether we like it or not, whether we, uh, we think we're calling the shots, he's in control of everything going and coming. He was in control out there in the wilderness when the devil approached Jesus. But here, this evening, we find Jesus in the house of Peter, healing a, man, healing a man who was a paralytic. Let me tell you what I underlined. You don't have to. In verse 1, I love that statement. He was in the house. When Jesus is present, I want to share with you, when Jesus is present, there will be a commotion in the service. <laughs> Now, they will be, if he's present, there will be a commotion in the service. Look, look there at verses uh, 1 and 2. Uh, he entered Capernaum uh, after some days. The word got out. 
that he was in the house. I hope tonight that the Lord Jesus is in your house. This temple, this, this thing we walk around in. But I underline that because I love that statement. He was in the house. And immediately, uh, word got out. And you think about the miracle that it took place here. Uh, these four people. Uh, we see, first of all, the person Jesus. He was in the house. And the Bible says the crowd was so great they couldn't get close to the house. Not even about the door. I mean, they were hanging out the windows, they were hanging out the door, probably all the way around the house, listening to him preach the gospel of himself, sharing scripture. They were amazed. Well, when you think about this person, Jesus, he had already uh, healed people. They knew he could do it. It wasn't a question of whether he could heal or not. It's not a question today of whether Jesus can heal or not. The problem is, is our faith. I mean, he even told his disciples at one time, Oh, ye of little faith. How much faith does it take? A grain of a mustard seed. I sowed some mustard last week. And I'm telling you, the seed, I mean, can you imagine? I, I thought, could I take that little tiny seed and cut it in half? I doubt if it would be still. But he said it only takes a grain. That's not much at all. A grain of mustard seed. And it caused the lame to walk. It caused the blind to see. It caused the dead to rise also. It's amazing. We see not only Jesus the person, him being present, but everywhere he was, people came. I mean, they just thronged him. They just showered him. Well, when you think about that, there was a multitude of people. They were curious. Many of them were sick. Many of them were seeking healing. But there also it was a, a bunch of hungry people that followed him. I mean physically hungry because they had seen what he could do. And you see the devil knows that and, 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 and that one of those uh, temptations was, hey, I know you're tired, man, you're hungry. Here's some rocks. Won't you just turn on the bread and, and hey, create some butter and let's eat. No, I'm not going to do that. You know, the thing about it is we have the authority... To tell the devil, no. We don't have to give in to him. But we see the person, Jesus, and the people. We also understand, according to Scripture here, the preaching, it says, of the Word of God. You see, the Word of God plainly states that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, it's the only, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only knife that can make an incision and never leave a scar. Comes right in, and changes our old stony heart into a heart melted to receive the Word of God. Our hearts is like that soil. We've got to be able to receive what it said. We don't have to like it, but we certainly better not try to change it. We accept it for what it is. So we see here, uh, when, when, when Jesus is present, there is a commotion in the service. And secondly, not only was there a commotion in the service, but there will be conviction of the saints. And when you look at verses 3 and 4 of, of that same chapter, and they come to him bringing one sick of the palsy. They couldn't get in the house. He probably went all the way around and couldn't get close. And uh, you know how committees are. They're very slow sometimes. But these boys didn't waste any time. <laughs> I said Find us a ladder, man. Get us on top of the house and let's get this man up there. And the Bible says that they broke up the roof. wonder who paid for that. 
wonder who put it back. I'd like to thank those four boys, those four guys, because they were such under conviction about their friend being sick. Hey, we're going to do anything we can, man, to get you. You just lay still, son. We're going to get you right in the presence of Jesus. There'll be a conviction of the saints. That's the problem with us. Now, think about conviction sometimes. We only relate it to sin, but that's not all it is. Sometimes we're convicted about helping somebody. I mean, hey, well, nobody else is. What should I do? If you're convicted about it, go get it. Go get it done. If you need help, call for help. You know, it's amazing to me. Uh, this morning, I had, um, I had asked Caleb uh, to help me with my illustrations this morning. And he said, yes, I will. And uh, then when they came out around the, the curtain there, he had, he had Wade and Seth with him. And I said, hey, that's the way you do it. Just don't recruit somebody to help you. Well, you got four boys here who are concerned about their friend. And so they get to the house. They get on top. They tear the roof up. And they let him down right in the middle of what's going on. They were concerned men. Now, sometimes we're not as concerned, you know, as we ought to be. And they, they begin to maybe look around. And, and sometimes people are waiting on somebody to praise them. Uh, hey, these old boys didn't. They, uh, it was a, a committee of four because the Bible says bore by four. Conviction, let me tell you something about conviction. <clears throat> conviction will bring about um, confession. And confession will bring about a cleansing. And cleansing will bring comfort. And comfort brings peace like nothing else. And I'm satisfied that when they let this boy down and he reached the the floor right in the presence and right in front of Jesus, can't you imagine they looked at each other, maybe shook hands, hugged one another, and watched what was about to happen. So when Jesus is, is present, There will be a commotion in the service. There will be conviction. But also there will be salvation. There will be salvation for the lost. You look at verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, I mean, can you imagine he's looking up? He's seeing these old four boys looking down. You know, it says when he saw their faith, he said unto the old boy laying on the bed there, the sick of the palsy, son, I'm just going to forgive you of your sins. (laughs) I'm just going to. I'm going to wipe your slate clean. I'm going to pay for it right here. I'm going to take care of it right here. So we see uh, faith is recognized. Uh, Jesus recognized their faith. And sins were forgiven. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We didn't do anything to get saved. Just like that old boy. He didn't do anything but lay on that bed and allow those four to let him down right in the presence of Jesus and then Jesus took over because he was in the house. Let me give you another one right quick. When Jesus is present, there will be a confrontation from Satan. You mark it down. He follows us. He follows us wherever we go. We see this. Look at, look at verse 6 and 7 again. And there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemous? Who can forgive sin but God only? What, who does he think he is? I mean, hey, living proof was laying before them. And uh, you'll, get, you'll get some confrontation from Satan. 
Just as sure as you try to do anything for the, in the work of the Lord, there's going to be somebody oppose it. Okay? And I'm thinking sometimes, hey, <clears throat> if there's going to be opposition, give the job to the opposers. It's okay, you've got one week to get this done. You don't want us to do it? You go get it done. And then they're going to be backing out. Backing up. There won't be any much, too much backing in. But these, these old boys were losing, these, they were losing their attention. You know, they thought they were in control. They thought they were in charge. I wonder sometimes, you know, what was the reason for them showing up there? They had no idea this paralytic man would be dropped in. I say it this way. We don't need to check up on Jesus. We just need to check him out. <laughs> I mean, be there where he is. Um... In fact, you know, Jesus is right for whatever's wrong in mine in your life. He's right. Now, when things are going well, there will be unnecessary reasoning in people's heart. Why didn't they ask me? I mean, I know all about that. Didn't even ask me uh, how it ought to be done. But, I, you know, I'm fully qualified. I mean, I got a degree. Why didn't they ask me? Well, hang on. Maybe they'll get around to you. So we see that in, in verses 8 to 11. And immediately when Jesus, he knew what was going on in their minds. You know, you don't hide from him. If I have a bad thought, he knows it. In fact, he knows it before I thought it, okay? He knows. He's present. He understands. He knows. And so he, he says, and immediately when he perceived the spirit uh, so reasoned within them, says, he said unto them, what is bothering you guys? Basically, he, he was saying, if you would have the faith of these guys here, I could get more of my work done. You are hindering the work of God. You know, I've heard people say, well, they don't miss me if I'm not there. Well, we may not miss you. We'll still get the job done, but may not get it done as quick. We need everybody. Everybody is somebody. And it, that everybody being somebody means that we need, we are, we are a family. And you know, it, it, Lynn and I's stage of life now, hey, the boys are gone and, you know, we look for the grands to come. Uh, but you know, you, you wait and you wait, you wait on somebody to come. And so when we look at this right here, also uh, um, there will be change. A lot of people don't like change, but don't you look at verse 12. And immediately he arose took up his bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, all amazed, says, and they glorified God. So we never have seen it on such a fashion. We never have seen it on such a fashion. You know what's going on out here on the, on the road that people ride by and see? Hey, it's amazing. That, that's advertisement, okay? Yeah, there's a lot of sweat and, and labor has gone into what's already been uh, done out there, but it's, it's advertisement. And I know y'all, people's getting anxious, uh, but we're just waiting on a few more little wrinkles to get took out so we can move forward. But once the uh, lumber starts laying, hey, it's going to go fast. And then it's going to be time to lay brick, more sweat, more groceries to be brought in. Change. People don't like change. But change is good when it's off the Lord. So I don't know where you want to do it or not. You don't have to. But again, in verse, chapter, verse 1, he was in the house. I love it. 
when we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, knowing that he's in the house. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for the time to gather around your table. And Lord, help us to have the kind of faith that these four men had to get their friend and bring him to Jesus. Lord, we can't do it all by ourselves. Sometimes we need help. And I pray that you'd help us to rely upon you and not to reason in our heart and try to figure out what is the best way. Because we don't need a second opinion, Lord, once you give us our instructions. We don't need a second opinion because you, if you're in the house, you're calling the shots and you never missed yet. I pray that you just speak to our hearts now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.